2: Welcome to another episode of the Bandwagon podcast and one of the very first of 2023 and uh, my guest today is a long-time friend I would class him as. Uh, We've uh, seen each other in many different guises mainly around either football or music Uh, but always a very nice person, a gentleman and I will say an unsung hero uh, which I'm going to question him about um, during this uh, podcast but without further ado welcome to JITTI. Hi, I'm Jay I'm all right, man. How are you? I'm good, man. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you, mate. What? So, I'm gonna
3: just start. Off. Where you been? I'll be, I'm still here. <laughs> just Yeah, it is. life takes over. So you know, different things, different avenues, different ventures. whatever everywhere in it. Is it fair to say that you're probably Pongra's uh, one of the most
2: quietest people within the the scene?
3: Yeah, I like just you know behind the scenes, do my business, and I sit in it.
2: A float, a float across
3: <laughs> Yeah You yeah, know Try to stay out of the drama Do what I gotta do Come on Put a turk on And just switch off mate Best way Is that, is that what you're doing? concentrating more on Kind of like
2: out, out, of, out of Kind of studio Kind of work What you're doing uh, You know what
3: it is well, It's been what Where are we now It's 2023 now isn't it Yeah oh, so man. I've been When did I start <laughs> First one came out 2003 Bloody hell It's a long time yeah 20
2: years basically yeah I mean that, that's what I was trying to say when I was going through your your discography and I was going through yeah off the hook with you know uh, and and then and your singles and stuff it, it's very hard and I find this when I'm interviewing uh, quite a lot of artists to kind of get a, an accurate record of their their releases and dates and stuff is kind of normally a bit of a botch job you can see where people have put things in and you know those dates ain't correct
0: so
2: i I always kind of reflect it back to to yourselves really in terms of what what are the dates and the kind of like the best kind of chronological order
3: i think it yeah for me i think it's about 2000 first was about 2003 2004 but i was building up to that i think i just left uni then big ash wolves uni Back in the day, <laughs> Well someone's got to go there and <laughs> Yeah, so then I, I, I thought came out after that, so that the first project I did, but since then I've been involved, probably in about over 2,000 songs, easily in some, some shape or form. Hold, hold on, hold on. Yeah. So you, you're,
2: you've got involvement whether a musically produced master studio, mm-hmm. whatever, Everything. in about 2,000 songs.: At least
3: at least. There's about 1500 on my hard drive sitting over there. So there's probably another hard drive lying about somewhere back in the day, which I don't even know. Probably and for... how, and <laughs> how, many, how many of those tracks have been uh, unreleased? There's probably still about, I'd say, about 150 that are sitting there. For, like, fully done, know, fully completed. Fully done. I don't want the rights to them or I've helped somebody whatever, but for whatever reason. It happens sometimes, projects don't see the light of day. And so, yeah. you know, out of those 150 songs, yeah,
2: what kind of artists are involved? I've uh, got mix of everything, got
3: some new guys, established, uh, some unknown. Can some, I get some names? Just everything and everything from India, from here to Canada, to Australia. <laughs> Even
2: like, yeah. like current current artists and stuff.
3: Current artists, uh, probably not. This is I'm going a bit, a bit earlier back in there because i've been a bit quiet the past couple years i haven't been involved that much as as, as i used to be so that's do you reckon do you reckon
2: those uh, i've said it quite uh, it's a very common theme about the unreleased kind of projects right. which i kind of i've got a very strong passion about in terms of getting yeah. them out to see the the light of day because it, they will they'll be lost forever and
3: and i mean myself i've got some really good songs sitting there but can't do anything with them because I've done them for somebody else, and for whatever reason, they're on the rights and they just don't release it. It's a shame because there's some good products there. If they were released when they were supposed to be released, they would have been quite big as well. But it is what it is, just have to uh, crack on in it. <laughs> so, is it is that like including, uh, um, and we kind of talk about it
2: now, actually, like ghost production and stuff and that that you've done for other people? You know what? This, this word always
3: makes me laugh ghost production. Go on then. Have I got it wrong? <laughs> no, no, well, I've been involved for 20 years, I've had my studio. I have loads of people coming in and out. So some people I've always helped book used to book into the studio, just wanted to hire, say, get Tubbs in or someone just to do percussion. Others, they want to come record their vocals. Some might help with their productions. There's always everything. And the funny thing is people, I say, people say to me, oh, Cam Frantic produces all your music. He goes produce your music. But then same people saying to me, you guys produce that guy. something." like, what are you guys? About? It's, like, it's, it's all like Chinese whispers was is what it is but I've, I've helped everyone basically put it that way, oh, so, way. so the artists themselves will know like what you've done and yeah
2: necessarily for I mean it's not else. a
3: secret I mean if you hear my music I've always got my signature sound you know what sounds of my kind of stamp on it but anything coming out of my studio is going to sound like my studio anything coming out of Planet or Frantics or Sookies it's going to sound like clear sound because it's the way you do your stuff isn't it mm. so, but, but there are some stuff where I've helped a lot of people some stuff I've just had a little input here and there. Okay, is that politically correct?
2: Yeah, no, no. I think yeah. I think that I think it's fair to say. I think there's kind of different levels of kind of goes yeah. in terms I mean, of like a tier, so, isn't
3: it? Yeah, some people come with a clear idea of what they want for their song. They can't play keys, they can't play percussion. I want it to sound like this. So you help them do it. You're just laying their ideas down on how they want the track to sound. Other people used to come and just give you a vocal and just say, "Can you do what you can do? Make us a project. Simple as that." Do, do you, you know those people who come in
2: Just with the ideas Can't play keys Can't do all that yeah. In in your, in your kind of I don't know whether this is Might be a bit too personal In yeah. your kind of your In your head Do you still class those people as artists? Yeah Because I, I could go to a painter for example And I'll say
3: This is what I can Can you paint me this picture? Like all my own sons I can't play percussion So whether it be Sunil, Tubbsy or Luckin I get them in my, my tracks, but I tell them look, I want the beat like this here. I want it to sound like that. I want try that feel there, try yeah. that. Here. But they're a part of my sound, if that makes sense. So yeah. I can't play those bits, but I can tell them how I want it to sound. Then it's up to me to do. What I need to do afterwards to so make it sound the way I want it to. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get the raw, raw, raw like you know vibe off them and just tune it to the way I want it to sound. So I want mix, to kind of even oh, mixing was... and mastering, mixing mastering is a it's a proper minefield, such a complicated thing. There's no right or wrong. It's what sounds good to your ears or so what sounds nice to me in my ears. Another mix engineer said that sounds off. That do not sound right, but to me, it sounds. Do you get what I mean? It's your own take. Or... Oh. Are you one of the rare kind of producers who mix and masters his own stuff? I think there was a few of us to begin with. Now you see everyone's a mix master engineer, but some of the stuff sounds horrible, <laughs> twice all distorted. But do you know, is this way, the way things are now? Things like this now. Tracks are done in two, three days. Quick, quick, get it out, and they're gone. Next one. It's more about quantity now. If you know, it's like, you know what it's like that. Generally, like we got to the cinema, now, how many films are there? It's just like gone, 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 gone. Yeah. Everything's there. Everything's there and demanded. There's no longevity in anything anymore. It's all disposable, isn't it? Yeah, it's all, Everything's disposable. So, what was a um, what was a young uh, GT like then? It's pretty much the same as I am now. <laughs> just keep <myself> up <laughs> to myself. I've always had my core group of friends, and you know champion you know the people want to champion you from day one so that hasn't changed and then because you know, obviously in this industry you beat a lot of people that have got bad intentions but are very sweet to sweet to talk and whatnot so I've always just stuck to what I wanted to do and it look I, I know I'm good enough and I started going to make mistakes on the way but I can do what I need to do and you know what I got there I had to run the studio for a good 10-12 years I was there 24 hours a day near enough I had some good times bad times it was a good run good run so, you know, when you were,
2: um your musical journey then, so how did you get involved, you know, get into it? Because you're, you're, you come across, when I was, well, you're very kind of humble. You're always very kind of shy, reserved in my, yeah. it, when, I, when I've met you in that way. Um, but to then go into kind of, into music where you're getting pushed at the forefront is almost like a complete kind of opposite.
3: I used to hate it i used to if you notice i'm very hardly in any of the videos and i used to do this kick and scream and make me go almost <laughs> to hate all that stuff i just wanted to make the song and that's it put it out and just get back in the studio and carry on doing what i'm doing don't want to know anything else but you can't those are that side of stuff i don't like it well so, the, not, the, so that not, the kind of marketing side of stuff you yeah just, that you do all hate, the yeah. videos and stuff i've never really been into into that I'm not on these guys that you see they'd go down off Road just like the video just to get the dud and stuff you know what I mean they were the to see the complete opposite man if today I drive my van I got my work clothes on I'm happy man I'm
2: happy this is also right yeah really. I, well I've always just seen you in a villa top really <laughs> at football Harry Mitchell's was the one you at the first place I was gonna wait for you today. She's the old retro yellow one, but for you know what, But not in it. <laughs> no, it's all right. You know, <laughs> yeah. I've, listen, man, I've had Punjabi villains on here, so like, <laughs> yeah. you know, you know, i To be fair, they, they do a great job as well. So I always Definitely. kind of champion, even though, you know, I don't support the team. Um, <laughs> so
3: how did you get into music then? Same, like just from school. I got a passion for it, so we had a band at school back in the day. Uh, what was it called? It was called Beats of Punjab. Has about eight of us. So it all started from there. Did you get like how old are you at this at that we stage? A year nine, year eight, year nine, right about then. And we had the t-shirts made, we all had our names on the back, proper, you know, the school concerts. I mean, it sort of started What started.
2: were you doing? were you did
3: well, you I was were playing key people. keyboards and tumbi. That was it. That's what I was playing, yeah. So it just kind of progressed from there. But but was no the singer? The singer was what's was his name? Sidhu was one of the those school lads in it, so we would just all get together in it. But it was a bit of fun back then, you know, wasn't it? And the school I went to back then, Hampstead Hall, was like it was the Punggara school <laughs> back in the day. Or, so you went, you went Hampstead Hall? Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, yeah, like every the Punggara like, like I said, back then it was. It,
2: what if you go if you go through kind of like Hansworth? Um, so for everyone kind of listening, ha- Hampstead Hall is based in like Hansworth Wood. Yeah. Um, is it technically Hansel? I think it is yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and it was the kind of the next logical step for yeah, anyone yeah. who was going in primary school in the Hansworth area to go into that it was a, a main kind of school it was it was, it, was, it was it was good
3: times so it all started from there really then once I left there, I've just always had interest in it. But don't forget, back then it was a lot harder to do than now because you didn't have like laptops and things like this.
2: What year was this, GPT? I need to work out just to, for for What's my that? time frames because then I can adjust my questioning.
3: What well, when I went to Amsterdam? Yeah, yeah. I started in '93. I left in was it '98? '99. So we're roughly the same age, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I think yeah, yeah.
2: Like, just touch 40 or gone past it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just a, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can say it. <laughs> yeah, you
3: can say it, yeah. Just 10, 40. So what, what primary school did you go? No. Cherry orchard. Cherry. Ah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, All right, sure. so we
2: would have knocked about with the same lads that we went probably from, like, Rookery. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
3: probably. So you
2: went for keys. You were playing keys. You got yeah. into, like, the Pangra band and then, and then, like,
3: how soon after that was it, like, well, it was, you, you carried on the pace? Yeah, yeah, so when when I left it, I saw that was interested in it, but it was more the production side. But like I said, back then, it was really hard to, you couldn't just get a laptop and get started. You needed physical gear because, obviously, that's how you used to make music back then. So, you know, save up, do your paper round, do everything, get, buy a little keyboard, buy a little sound card, buy a PC, get the software slowly, so you just build it up. But I just started putting things together there sounded awful, whatever we used to do. <laughs> That's how you learn. And then I think when I was about 18, 17, I got a chance to go to a guy called Pete Weir, proper un- unsung hero of the bungalow industry, talking back to the 70s and whatnot. So he had a he had his studio in Kiddim uh, so I had a chance to go with someone. There's actually my cousin, Cam. Uh, Cam, Bamra, and Davin Singh. They were doing something together at the time. So I said, let me just tag along. I want to see how you do this stuff. And... Second I got to his studio, I was just I was hooked. I saw his gear, everything, I was like, Pete. Need, <coughs> he he gets
2: mentioned by nearly every interview. And that kid Minster Studio has been a, a running being
3: awesome. And I, and I just asked him, Well, look, can I come? I'll make it tea, I'll do whatever. I'll sit here for eight hours. Can you just show me bits and bobs as I go as going, He's like, No problem, come. So every day, every sub so, like hour or so he said, Come do this. This is how you do this. He said this. and then Learned so much of him. I owe him a lot. He taught me a lot about engineering, just general production on how to put media stuff together, sequences, how to do this, do that. Teach the software, Cubase. This is what you do. And just watching him work, and he's here for things. I learned a lot of him. So do, that, you, do you think? I'm do you think a lot
2: of producers can hide under uh, under like engineers, getting the engineers to do the work?
3: Uh, I wouldn't say hide. They help. I mean, that's what they're there for. They're an engineer. They're there to engineer sound as well. But if there's a difference, like like I says, if someone comes in... One thing what we've the studio had throughout the whole thing, 10, 12 years, whether you're a singer, you could be the biggest singer in the world or someone started that. If you had attitude, there's the door. Don't care who you are. I never used to let anybody know like, what they all their God's give an ego or nothing because that's not how, you know, it's not how we are. That's not how we work. It's not how I used to work. But there's a the door. So if you what do you, what do you like,
2: mean like like you'd already have like an artist coming in with a Yeah, you get
3: used to get some singers used to come in like Tit the God's gift, the shades inside. and you know, it's like dark and name me this that you know, that kind of I never used to allow it. I was like, Off you go, there's a the door and I've turned some big singers away like that sometimes. So I just I just don't know, like it. So it's just me who I And that was just because so like was that like because then it's just because you've got you're thinking you're bigger than what you are, and you look you're in the studio you're, you're making a song. Relax, do your vocals, enjoy yourself. Just want you to give it ten. It's supposed to be a nice chilled environment. If that makes sense. Yeah. Anyone you ask when we used to come to the studio, it was a very chilled chilled out environment. So sort we of, used to have peanut jar there, pool table there, jar there. Just do what you want. And did you and then how did you kind of did they ever come back or was it just like
0: yeah,
3: they come and apologize afterwards and then do what they need to do in it? Obviously, it's not me being like a RC with them, it's just I never, I never even now I don't like that kind of thing with egos and attitudes, If you want to meet and just chill, have some food, relax, fine, you want to keep being like that. You know what? This is a big that. Yeah.
2: So, I, so I, if I...
3: someone would come and they wanted to trap then and they'd come with that attitude, I wouldn't do it, I wouldn't do it it's like and that so that th- those ethics that kind of
2: atmosphere is just is, is crucial in any kind of development
3: it's got to be you know if you're doing something creative you've got to be relaxed and not tense and just chill out in the studio everyone's got their own methods of relaxing in the studio mine just used to be just chill come do what you want make your tea relax spend all day here if you want but you've got a vibe in it just have a joke in it and that's always when the best book comes out even when you're making music if you're stressed and you're trying to force a song it never works the best songs always happen you just Kind of not, not give her a crap about it. But you just kind of just okay. Let's see how it goes. Tension free. You know what I mean. That's when the best work always happens as well. So when
2: so like going back to where you you've met Pete from that side. Then how did yeah. that journey kind of uh, uh, move well, progress forward?
3: Well, then from then, obviously, like I said, he, he taught me a lot, learned a lot. So from then, then I started to get my own gear together, set a little uh, set up in my loft, and started to really put stuff together. Then and then back then there wasn't much singers around. There used to be your, you know, your Sufries, your, your uh, Jazzies. We were all big timers in back. There was no other singers flowing about then. If that makes sense, you had the big stars, and that was it. So it was very hard to break into this industry with, with help from people because nobody knew you were nobody. Nobody wanted to know. In so it, was slowly, so slowly. they not very helpful at that time. Yeah, nobody was, nobody was nobody, wasn't it? It, it? Is what it wasn't is it? Everyone was a superstar. They didn't want to know. So slowly, so I just started making my own music making compositions and making music around that. and Then slowly, slowly got introduced to a few people. Then uh, Cam, uh, Bamro did some stuff with him to start with. And then it kind of, just kind of grew from there. Then I just thought, you know what? i have got a little team together now. Let's have a go making an album. And then I made it. And then off the hook that was. And
2: So how did you, how did you, like, because cause making an album isn't a cheap thing as well, like the same thing. I was,
3: well, luckily we had a couple of guys. We just pulled together and done it. Don't forget, back then you had to make uh, cassettes. <laughs> Yeah, CDs, posters, flyers—it was all. And I didn't know back then. I was only what twenty-one at the time. I was naive, but I thought, I thought okay, I've got some posters. Now, I can go and stick them up on Saw Road. No, you can't. I was like, you're gonna get, you're gonna get uh, run down. I go hit hey, me. There's a, there's a guy who runs a poster racket. If you don't go to him, they will come and smash you windows I was like, really serious? You- yeah, yeah, yeah. So if you go, if you, if I tried to go put those posters on so Road, you would come to mass. I never knew any of that. <laughs> you these things you go along. There was a poster. Yeah, so did him. you actually
2: get the call off him?
3: No, no, no. I didn't. Someone told me like, this is the number. Call him. He'll do it for you. You have to do. You have to go to so, him. I was like, okay. Little things like that you wouldn't have known in <laughs> so, it. So you learn. There's always a, like, it's been quite a journey where you learn a lot of things along the way you would never have thought of in it. <laughs> just because <just sort> of <laughs> I, I always just look at the circus posters one so, yeah, uh, yeah, like... Same any any kind of poster. There was one guy who had the no racket. Yeah, yeah apparently. <laughs> Madden <in> it.
2: <laughs> we played with. Uh,
3: yeah. The poster man. The poster the man. So, yeah, so we did that. I put that album together and then um Dave Rodgers, uh legendary Dave Rogers. Uh, I went to his house and said, so look, starting out, I need a few songs. So he played me what he had, he gave me a couple of songs and then I had a couple of relatives who wrote one. And so all you know when you together. you know you're meeting a legend like
2: him and like theres there's no words that can uh, be shared of the uh, yeah. About the late great, the Ron like because of the impact that he done, especially with UK Punjabi music. Yeah, he yeah. was,
3: he was a UK Punjabi.
2: Yeah, yeah. Which yeah. is fair. It was,
0: with, it was it was fair. Whether it was
3: his Tumbi, whether it was his lyrics, or just his logo, it was him. I mean, he was everywhere on everything. You know, when you're gonna go and meet somebody yeah. like that,
2: what was, what's your feeling like as a, as a, because I, I, you know, if I'm, if if I'm in those shoes, I'll be absolutely bricking it. But like I was a little bit but for some
3: reason to this day I don't know why he really liked me <laughs> so even for the next 10-15 years after, until he passed away he's always been really good to me like and he didn't even, the, when I tell people this story their eyes open he, when I went to get the first song of him I said uncle this is what I want to do please I, I, I love you or I want the song of you he gave me the song for free and when I tell people that day, they go, he never gave anything for, he never gave anything for free. He always took, I go, I feel it better, he gave me a song for free, he goes, but, ladja. Go, I was like, okay, well, I just got free song off, Uncle Dave, And that was it. And then he played on all the songs as well, on the album, all the dumbies, everything was his. And that's it. We had a long working relationship. Yeah, even when I closed the studio, I put it on Facebook as well. Yeah, I, I've seen that. I had a sign, yeah, he wrote quite a nice message on there as so well which I, you know, obviously took a follow before I left that unit. So it was just quite nice here. I had a really good working relationship. You with know? we worked, obviously, in the future after that as well. So, you know, uh, um, so, like, you know,
2: when you put in a, a, a journey of, like, an album, I, I say a journey because, like, yeah. for some people it can be just a mixture of, like, 10 or 8 to 10 random songs just mashed together. Was there any... Was there any reasoning or, or, or uh, of or like a thematic kind of flow um, through it and and
3: why the title of your album? Well, for me, it was just uh, I wanted to make a different kind of song, like on each stage of the album. So it was just finding, but then I used to really focus on making compositions. So if I, if I had a composition, I'd like, I'd, I'd make the composition first and get a song written to that. Or if I had a hook on right him, I'd, I'd work that way around and just see if it worked. If that makes sense. So I had about 20, 25 compositions and narrowed it down to those 10. And I thought this will work as an album. And don't forget, it was the first time I was doing it as well. So I've made mistakes along the way as well. As you do, you learn as you go along. So who so, was your label at the time? We did it ourselves. It was me, my cousin Cam, and another guy called Kamal. Uh, so we just got together and we'd done it. And that was another issue as well, because at the time there was only two, three big labels. It was always, say, Movie Box, High Tech, uh, and Finger Touch, AMV as well. So it was very hard to do it independently back then as well, because obviously these were the big guys and they didn't want nobody coming in or whatnot. So but we, we, we got there. We got there in the end. You learn as you go along. You used to learn and were up. you
2: building up your your studio
3: at the same time as when they started? Yeah. yeah. So it was at home. I started at my mum and dad's initially. And then uh, a couple of years after, after then I started learning the engineering properly. And I used to open the studio, help people come in and whatnot. Um, we opened one with Serious Records. That's when we started the Nibalier albums and the Getting Serious. That's with another guy and that's where we made all like, you know, Chalakia, Miramai Tupakia. That's the next stage of where we, <laughs> where we uh, kind of cracked what up. Was,
2: So what was the reaction to to the album when, when, it when really you good. first came out?
3: It was really, really good. Surprised me to be fair. I mean, back then we did, I remember to this day we did 30,000 CDs and 50,000 cassettes. Yeah, back then. That was considered really good for you coming Back to it. <laughs> yeah. and that, that like you sold that amount, yeah. Sold that physical copies, yeah, yeah, yeah. Believe it or not. Yeah. I still got I think I've still got about hundred cassettes left somewhere and about five CDs like knocking about somewhere. You can stick them up on eBay, there's a lot of people <laughs> make a lot of money out of now. Yeah, so that was uh, that was it. It done really well. The response was really good. Then obviously start to get enough names start to get out a bit, then female singers got you, it makes it a bit easier then when you're trying to like make more contacts or like you know work with people no you did that song okay that it kind of just opens perfume doors and was that the reason why you did the, like the 10 different kinds
2: of songs because they got a different style and it might attract more singers to come in to work with yeah people. it was just I wanted to make
3: different songs just experiment a bit as well and you know' I listen back to some of it now I'll think what was I doing there why did I try that but okay that was great. That it's it's about experimentation isn't it because I forget there was not hardly an internet anything back then so the the so concept was on the album if that makes sense. Yeah, the it, album people. name was interesting. I just wanted to know what was you thinking around it. I can't remember. I think we just put loads of names into a hack, you know, and just picked one out. <laughs> I think it was a random. There was no actual meaning to it. it. we picked it up from somewhere and we just thought, yeah, let's go with that. Because it was just it was long, innit? <laughs> Tremendous. Honestly, picked it out of that, it. It didn't have any meaning like that, I said. But that album it has like the whole journey of the album, kind of started my journey for the next 20 years if that makes sense and it was uh, so how many singers did you have on the original concept of the album uh we had about eight eight yeah so because uh, like i said it was hard getting vocals and stuff then and then when you were introduced getting introduced to people in the industry some of just there just to like try and rip you off make a quick buck others genuinely wanted to help so it's all a learning curve in it you need to go for the bad times to you know see the good as well so it was a it was a long journey but it worked out well, and that was uh, we did um, um, that was when Rakesh first come over. Uh, he he sang the surgeon you know, remix on that, and that's the first one I first met Lember as well. And we did uh, his first video, Mella. And Cam, obviously, we did our just one year with that. <coughs> Even that, when I made our just one year, um, I just started. I don't know if there's guy in Wolverhampton called Bill Cooner, Bill Media, so yeah, 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 yeah. Him and Good Charter had a studio in Wolverhampton, they just set one up there, so I started to engineer there. Uh, like in the evenings and stuff. So, And then that's where I first met Tubbsy as well. So Tubbsy played on that. That was the first percussion I recorded on that song. And uh, again, was the first time I met him, he played on the track. And even he said, look, just I don't want to play it Sounds good. Crack on. Wish you the best. I was like, okay. So Goddamn so, so the, 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 the the gist of it is that you get quite a lot of stuff done for free. Then <laughs> to begin with, trust me. It was it was just that's why on your journey, remember who helped you along the way. That's you know what I mean. Uh, so you, how- you. Like when yeah. when I think
2: when I think of you, when I, I look back on your on your your career and your catalog, like your relationship with Lemba is one of the the the, the key yeah. things that kind of comes out of it as well.
3: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, we'll get into that in, in a second, depending on what you want. But like, how did you guys first meet? Well, it, it was that, um, there was a, I had the Mella vocal and he had I got it from someone else. It was another record label back It was called Crystal Records. So they, they gave the vocal. Uh, so I'd made the song and uh, he'd come to the UK and he'd heard it. And through had like a third party said, so look on to the guy who made this. So we met and we kind of got on. There and then, so I said, like, Look, we can try, we can make a video for it, and that's when we made the first video, and it just kind of grew from there. Then, and then, uh, these other guys set up a label a couple of years later, Serious Records, So he, he'd signed to them, so I'd kind of run that label for the next four or five years. I had full control of everything then, so like getting serious, uh, album, Chalakia, uh, the Volnia, Serious Duets, so I kind of handled all that, and that's where it just kind of grew from there. Then,
2: and in that relationship, then was like because we know like in relationship with, with Zeus he had some bangers there and he, 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 he sang for everyone virtually yeah, yeah. but like with, with yourself and that the, there was always that kind of extra kind of chemistry within it like was the was the relationship reciprocal because it was almost like you needed kind of each other for, for some of the yeah. for some of the tracks.
3: Yeah of course of course it, it kind of worked. it would be because, 'cause don't forget back then you're what you're 20, 21, 22, got no mortgage, you're not married, got no kids, so you're free. You're free to like sit in the street till three four in the morning. Your kind of brain is totally focused on that. So it was always it was always ticking, Oh, should we do this? Try that, try this, try that, does that work? And it just it just kind of worked. so we had quite a good relationship period with him back there and it kind of grew. And to be fair, yeah, having that relationship's kind of helped my career. and the songs that I've done for him have helped him as well, as long as the guys it, it's hand in hand. All I always said is the singers always think they are the star, but it's a team, it's your percussionist, it's a writer, it's a producer. One it without the other. So that's always, always key, always key. And, how do, you, I, and
2: how do you kind of manage expectations of when, when you know, I'm, I'm just saying with all artists that you've worked with as well, because, you know, if you go through your history, you've worked with some of the biggest artists around. Like, how do you kind of manage their expectations and egos as well at the same time? I mean, you gave a little bit of hint about your attitude out of the studio, but where, like, that was when you you first started that. But, like, now, like, at that time, your reputation's growing, your catalogue of a kind of work, your artist catalogue is growing as well. How did you manage that? What
3: would, for me, it was just like, look, this is what I want to do with your vocal. Here's the composition. Just send me a guide and go with it. Don't bother me for that three, four weeks. Just let me get on with it. If you don't like what I've done, fair enough, scrap it, throw in the bin. No hard feelings. But if you like what I've done, then we can take it from there. And nine times out of ten, they'd always love it. I just want to go away, lock myself away. No that in your head, innit? Just let me do what I gotta do. Of course, everyone has input, have you? But let me do the core of what I want to do first and come and add your input afterwards. And yeah, we work together. Okay, that don't sign like up. We can have that, we can change that. Little, little things and just build the track together. Like I said, because one thing I always used to do, I always used to be in touch with the writers that I had the songs written because I think for me it was always important the songwriter should also you know have a say or have a listen to how his interpretation of his song is coming out as well a lot of people don't do that because other than he's wrote the song he's got in his head how it should sound so you have to take influence off everyone as well to make that project complete if that makes sense
2: so you so just just to just to kind of re-emphasize that so one of the formulas that you used to, the, to for, for for a song was having the 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 writer from the organic birth of the song to, yeah. to the end and having all parties involved in that at that time. Yeah.
3: Once I made my initial, like, you know, like a sketch of the song, then I'd play him the rough cut and I'd say, what do you think of this? What do you think of this? You don't like it? Why don't you like it? You like it? Okay. When you get everyone's input, then then I can build the final song after that. That's always the way I used to work. And it, it, it worked well for me. Like nowadays people want beats and they want to write songs on the beats. I find it hard to do that because I've always made the composition first and built my music around the composition. And nowadays it's more like it's all like a beat-oriented. I find, I struggle to do it that way. So in my head, I always have to have a composition first. I can always build better music when I've got a composition to work to. While it's in my head and it's been a,
2: a bit of a common theme that's come out, especially the, the, the past few podcasts that I've done, the uh, subject around melodies has come up pretty yeah. often where... Uh, traditionally, old kind of uh, Bhangra, UK bungalow would have longer melody pieces within a song, yeah. and now that's been kind of shrunk down for kind of dance floor hits and whatever. Yeah. Where, where do you stand on that? Is that a component that you miss, or do you think it's kind of? A it's... Bit, but
3: you got to move with the times. It's the times. You can't, you can't, you know, expect songs out of the '60s to how <laughs> like you know, on the, it is what you got to move with the times, and some people can't. And that's the thing, and they get stuck in that time zone. Which is fine. I love my nineties Pongram music. I love my two thousand rock music. To me, that's the best era. I'm not fond of a lot of stuff that comes out today. But it is what it is. You gotta move with it, otherwise our songs are getting shorter now, our song's are about what, two minutes long now? It's yeah, I can't stand long. that, man. <laughs> There's a reason behind it though. What it's what basically... is it, is it just because of the algorithm on YouTube yeah. and stuff? Yeah, YouTube and Spotify. So it's all to do with algorithms and getting your song higher up the higher up the ladder. So I'm well, so so
2: the algorithm so the shorter the algorithm sorry the shorter the song yeah. the you get more it for an algorithm. yeah
3: so, so if your song is two minutes long on average, if someone plays it for over a minute they've played fifty percent of your song whereas four minutes long and they listen to a minute of it they've only played what thirty percent so it pushes it up so the more percentage of a song
2: or a track yeah. that gets get uh, that's Hard listened bit, to yeah. the higher it goes up in your chart and, 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 and money yeah. wise. And I just
3: think generally people just don't want to listen to long songs anymore because people's attention span is not there like it used to be. It's just anything you watch Netflix, how often do you flick over before you actually complete watching something? You just, you get what I mean. It's just general life. I, I do that on YouTube.
2: Yeah. You know, I haven't got the uh, ad-free one or anything. I have. I got the ads in there, and um, okay. sometimes even when I when I've put when I've put it on. Um, and people have said it about even with the podcast, like the, the bad to put the podcast, the ads.
1: You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator.
3: come on and they're like oh i'll watch it and they never come back to it so yeah, like it, it is just the way it's the way things are now but you, if you don't adapt and move on then you're going to be you know yeah because
2: i've just seen these uh one minute songs on instagram yeah. now and um
3: That's what i is. really hope it
2: doesn't go down that road
3: <laughs> i think it's gonna kind of, i think we're already, there. we're already there but that is the tiktok 60 second tiktok reels that is where we are at the moment and if you don't embrace it or do something be creative with it then but I'll still
2: I'll still argue to the point, even with this now, like a long format conversation. There there'll always be okay, it might not be from a monetary value. They could release oh, yeah, two yeah. two versions of the song. It's not
3: gonna kill them. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. the content's already been there, isn't it? But this is the thing that people don't want to spend time on the song, songs out, they want to start a song. This is the difference half the reason say if I get a phone call from India from a singer now. No, okay, Tika. Okay. I'm like no. <laughs> And they want it. They want it that quick because in India they're just sitting there in the studio ready to do it. I go, it's gonna take me a month at least <laughs> You're gonna, in between everything else that's going on. That, but that's the kind of they want it. They want it. Then they want to get it. out, get it done onto the next one. The fast so.
2: consumption is started. It's 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 quantity now rather than quality.
3: It's quantity, but that's the world we live in, isn't it? So I just want to touch back on
2: kind of the managing relationships. When did it start changing for you and, and the, the, with the whole the, with the Lember story? Uh,
3: no, not really. Story too, really. I mean, we had some good good albums. Um, we started the serious record stuff. Uh, and then that that went well. i done the Nibali album. That done really, really well. And then uh, his album, I put together. Uh, Oman and Cam on that as well. Even with that, the Jalaki song, the, the composition. I made all the comp- composition, got him to sing it. I was about to, to make a scratch to it. And I thought to myself, you know what? Cam's going to do a better job on this man. So I found him. I go, can can you do this one? So I made the composition, gave him the vocal, and he smashed it. <laughs> so, so I used to do that quite a lot as well. I thought like, when we put projects together, he's gonna do a better job than me on that one. He sang a little I'd give it to that guy. There's no like I need it or I, I need the hit I need the hit like that. Never used to be like that. So. It was always consistent. If so that makes sense, didn't it. So we had a good run, even with the mirror, you know, My biggest track, obviously, that still gets played. That's so obviously mid of my put There, it's still going. About twenty years later, however long it is. Well, I was just
2: gonna say that because <laughs> we started. Yeah, we started the conversation with me just singing it in the background because I was like, obviously, just <laughs> yeah. going through. But, um, like, percentage wise, you still got a quite a lot of songs that get played even now <laughs> on, the, on the wedding circuit. <laughs> It is. It. I say, if I got royalties for that, I don't think I'd have to work. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, considering you're involved in how many
3: thousand songs, I'm I
2: sure there's elements of uh, yeah. of the songs that you're listening to, You recognize those pieces or you've done them.
3: I do. I do. And sometimes I forget and then I'll like, hear it back the next time. Oh, yeah. Oh, that was done then. That was done then. <laughs> that was like that. But even with that, bolia, it was um, a good friend of mine, Gurmit Billy Joe, he wrote it. And uh, I think Lem had sung, sung a couple of like, uh, scratch verses of it. it makes us little dummies of it. And I was hanging there, and there was about 200 takes of just different little things. And I thought, what the hell's all, I couldn't work out what, because back then we had the CDs, and the CD was skipping, and I couldn't get the files off. It was like, what, took me ages to get it all done. And then I heard all these different bullies. I thought, you know what? I can do something with this. And this wasn't a song. It wasn't a song. This is how this is. How I this. It was just scratch takes they'd done one day. No one thought of anything. So I took the CD. I thought, you know what? I can make something out of this. And they were looking at me like, it, there's nothing here. This is what, focus on this song of a no. There's something here, trust me. So then I picked out all the bullion that I liked out of it, kind of stitched them all together. And I thought, you know what, there's some slow ones, I can do something here fast, slow. Just started to piece it all together, then added a little beat to it. And I thought, you know what, there's something here now. Found a good beat. I go, can you write two more verses? So it kind of finishes off. He wrote them. Then Lemba came in, he wasn't feeling it, didn't want to know. He came in to do a different vocal. He you can know, the he and I go, look, I ain't recording nothing else today. <laughs> Do that or go home. <laughs> I just told him straight <laughs> it's so, waiting, is that? So He was at his peak. And I said, Look, Do it or go home. Trust me. i go, I'll go. Have I made any bad mistakes up to that? He was not just trust me. So he sang it once. I go, no, sing it again, sing it like you could be bothered to sing it. And so he sang it all and I says, Okay, I'll call you in a week, in it. Then he came back a week later and I played him. And his face just went, watch out. Let me sing it one more time. You get what I could really be bothered. The vocal, then it just came together. Yeah, and then that just blew up. I don't, that had no video to that day, the original one. It's got no video. It just blew up off the, off the CD and it just went crazy. And I, st- I still get people today saying, Why did you remix it with Pooja? Because oh, it worked second time around. I go. I prefer the first one. I go, put some people I prefer the one. Whichever one you like. Yeah, I mean, like, that, I'm just gonna say because you kind of
2: remixed um a few yeah. things as well, um, and you've been kind of brave enough to do that. You know, like Bulja as well. She she was massive at the time. You know, it still is. I'm I'm just saying, like, in terms of bringing her in and putting it, putting that on the, putting her on a song.
3: Like, was was that a big risk in your head? Well, some of the label because obviously the labels were saying. It used to be different than with labels. It used to be an India label, the UK rights, and Canada, North America. And the, like now, you release the song worldwide everywhere. But it used to be separate territories. In so the mm-hmm. India label found the UK label and said, "Look, Buddha's huge. This song's doing well here as well. Can you do something?" And so they put it to me. I go, "Okay, we can try." So Gummy wrote the the female parts to it, and uh, she sang it there. Lembo wasn't aware of any of this, By the way he did it, though. So the label said, "Look, just." To carry on, you don't need to tell him in it because he's gonna go off on one in it. <laughs> so put it all together, got it all done, and then he, they came to the studio one day and he was just sitting there. And I just pressed play in it. Okay, <laughs> what do you think of this remix he done it? He heard his vocal first, stage, then he heard her voice, and uh, he, he went a bit like, you know, blanking it first. <laughs> What's going on in it? I said, look at him, the label owner. It's, it's up to him in it, and then he went away, and, uh, and then. We just sent it off to India, they loved it over there, and then uh, that was it. They said, Let's make a video. Second, they said, Let's make a video, he was happy, and then it blew up again, and he was even more happy. So it carried on again. So, and, 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 and he's one of the most
2: popular TikTok stars in that as well because <laughs> yeah. it like it gets played off,
3: But again, it came out nothing, it wasn't a song. That's the most, the funniest thing about it. It was literally just outtakes lying around. I was just bored. I thought, you know, I'll just mess about with these. And it was I was just so angry because like I said back then it was a CD and the CD kept sp- skipping. I couldn't drag it off to the day and I had to polish the scratch out and all that stuff. Oh. But yeah, I must just about got the vocals off it. And I thought, okay, right. I could I, I could be wrong. I remember listening to
2: one of your interviews many years ago when you're on Asian network where you try where you're recording a vocal off uh, Limber, and you lost the song or something.
3: Yeah. And you had to
2: try and get it back and you you tried to get him to re-record the song and he
3: refused. Yeah, <laughs> well, I refused, I think it just didn't come out right. They lost what what was anyone making that up or was that well that did that happened quite that's quite a lot back in the day because you know what used to happen? You used to set they used to send it from India, the vocals, on a DVD in a package. Remember no, not WhatsApp or anything then. You have to mm-hmm. remember have to come, or if someone was coming from India, they'd send it over with them. And they just used to get bashed and Boshed about, and then they never used to work when they used to come, like get here. So you usually have to wait for the singer to come over here when they're in the UK, then try and get him to do it. But never used to work. Never used to work. That used to happen quite a lot, believe it or not. So, oh, wow. okay, so- CDs with vocals on that today. Don't I don't even know what's them because they don't work. <laughs>
2: yeah, I think it was more. It was, and this is where I'm going to probably dig a hole even more. I think it was in the case where. You recorded it and you lost the hard drive or something. You lost Oh yeah.
3: It. I lost I lost a lot of data once or twice and that happened. And then yeah, some has refused to do it again because they want payment again, which is but what they never used to realize, you're damaging yourself. And then if a product that comes out and it's good, it's gonna be your But Let's first face it, for some does well, the singer's great. <laughs> it doesn't go so good for music Marasi, lyrics Marasi. So was the you also had a band as well at the same time as well, when all yeah, this was we, going on. We started something yeah, we start to set it up serious. Seven again, it was just a just mates messing about. The studio used to be like that. Everyone used to come in while I was working in the day, and just you know, he'd pop in, he'd pop in. Can I come? Can I come Yeah, Like I just I'd just sit there while I'm working, and he just should just try something, see if it works. It worked for a bit, where we laughed, and everyone then obviously all the guys at like Rambo Lacombe, then they took they wanted to do the band more seriously. Uh, and so, obviously, they moved on with other, other bands and stuff like that. But I just wanted to really just stay in the studio. The live things never really appealed to me, you know. I just wanted to solely focus on the studio. So that's, that's what happened. So it was all right, man. Again, it was, it was just fun at the time, innit?
2: So when did it? When did you start making the decision around the um the the, the studio? When did that start? Because it was a successful studio. Yeah, it, it was. It was very popular. Um, you know all, like as I, as I mentioned before loads of artists yeah yeah w- when did you start having the thinking that okay this is not working out
3: uh I had it I had three so it was yeah the one I had at home we started first then we moved to the series records which was in Hockley in Birmingham Tinsa. then from there I moved to Smedic which I had that one for about 10 years and that's the last one that I had we've done everything there I'm talking like People were coming to do percussion. Every single coming for vocals, production. Just I remember um, seeing footage of that. It's one of the first
2: studios that I saw being uploaded to um, YouTube. But used to like your boys, your core groups used to have quite a lot of video footage and upload it as well. I
3: used to let everyone in, just just relax and do 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 what you're going to do. Because a lot of studios then used to be quite close knit or you can't hear this, you can't hear that. I'm like, just come, you can hear what I'm working on as long as you don't record it and put it on the net. But you can trust people back then in it. Like I said. You cool people you can always trust, can't kind of, you? Yeah. So that we had that for about a good ten years, and then after a while it started to come a bit more like uh, I was I was having enough of it. Like it was the same thing over over again, same pressure, same kind of like Monday. Where was the pressure coming from? Just everywhere and everything in it. Then you got you used to have like like someone used to come and drop the song on a Monday again, wanting it on a Wednesday, and you got one, one, one things to do, and I kind of started to fall out of love with it. Just you know, all aspects of it—the recording, the mixing, the production—and i just, well, I think it was about 2017. I eventually shut that place, and then my son was born in 2015. When he was born, I thought, you know, I actually want to be at home and watch him grow up. This is my focus now. These singers can take that, take the mickey, can you know, take a back step in it. So, and from then it just kind of, so my setups are home now. I'm at home. I can do it for when I want to work. I can work. So I'm back to now where was 20 years ago if that makes sense because by then I'd fallen out of love with it. I didn't want to do it I didn't want to look at a computer I didn't want to look at a keyboard and yeah. how difficult it was it then because
2: obviously you got a financial obligation yeah. where
3: well obviously I, uh, they, well, at that, that time it was my full time job for a good 10 years I was you know I'm grateful that my first house was bought with you know money from this industry you know what I mean music paid for my first house so I'm blessed in that aspect but then it just comes a time of evolution and you got to look at other avenues and see what to do and then just you know spread your wings a bit. And I, I'm not one of these people that are just like, yeah, my titan. you can't be like that in life. you got to adapt and evolve as well. You know what I mean?
2: Do like, you see a lot of uh, current artists and that making that mistake?
3: Look, your life's your life. You know your life better than anybody else. Whatever works for you, works for you. What doesn't, doesn't. I've never been one to worry about look, kind of geek, and i other? Yeah, not bothered. I mean, do what you got to do. If it works for you, crack on And If it doesn't, Tommy Tiki on it.
2: <laughs> so it's like the work life, uh, the work life family balance, whatever well, you want to call it, that started to kind of play more into it. Yeah. What was your, what was your peers like? What was your competition uh, around you like?
3: Uh, they were everyone's doing their own thing. It's fine. I'm, the thing is, i have never looked at about competition. But never, never. One of my idols, Cam Frantic, from day one. I used to bug him when he used to have the studio in on Lady Pool Road. And he always used to take time out. Just, oh, I wanted to know, how did you do that? Because he was he was a big part of the industry. And they have become good friends. And I used to just, you know, not look at these guys as my competition. Like cause I used to give him songs or I think, can you do this song? Because you're going to do a better job than me. We used to work together. And I used to learn a lot of him as well. So I never used to look at any competition. It's just focus on what I'm going to do. If it works, it works. If it doesn't, doesn't well, I used to listen to everyone's songs. I used to love love other producer songs, singer songs. So you know, still do. So, Were you a rarity
2: in the industry at that time? Because I I know even from what you're saying now, like that is not the kind of common practice within there. I mean, like in anything, even with even with this, you've yeah. got people who do some of the things similar. You've always got it from, um, you know, other people have eyes of envy or try yeah. to take you down. How how did you kind
3: of manage that then? Again, I just. I just used to leave it at the door, do my bit in the studio, go home, play football. See, because I would press you even more, but I know <laughs> you're actually like this, so that is slightly <laughs> annoying. Yeah, it is. It is annoying. Uh, I'm not the first person to say that, and it, I just don't bother. It just, uh, what can I do? If people want to, the thing is, I'm still getting out. The, the ironic thing is, my phone's still ringing out for pro- people to want production done, but I'm saying no, but I just haven't got time. Not, not in that arrogant way. anything. Anyway. just I'm not in that mindset yet, because I've got so much of the stuff going on. But this year, now I have made time. I'm in that mindset where I want to make music again, but doesn't necessarily mean I'm going to make what's current. I'm just going to do what I want to do. You know, I'm at that stage in life where I want to make what makes me happy. In it, that's it. Always block out the noise, man. So just... how long have you been away from music then? You know what? I shut the studio in 2017, 18, but then I set up again at home. I did it for a couple of years. So about the past two years, I've been just like on and off, on and off. But this year, back on it now as well, and. But you know what? I've been blessed, man. I've been got to work with. I'd say ninety-five percent of people that I wanted to. So Shinda Shinda, really big idol of mine. I got to work with him. That was great. Bob Bumana did all of his mixing mastering on his album. That was really good. <laughs> did you get to meet him when you were doing one? Yeah, I was the phone to him all the time. He he rang me a couple of weeks ago actually because he wanted something done, but I couldn't do it in time, so he got a bit angry in it. <laughs> How did he get angry? Like, like I said, they wanted it there and then in it, but I can't do it that quick. Uh, Lakshendra Bedali, you know all these guys. These are the guys that I w- wanted to work with. So I've been pretty much blessed in that aspect, innit? it? So
2: who's left that you'd want to love to work with?
3: Uh, I'll say probably Jazzy. That's the last. That's one on my list, isn't it? Obviously, the Sujit Bindra. my favorite singer of all time. Just, just his vocals are a different level for me. Would love to work with those guys, but. Thing out the current everyone's still doing it, probably jazzy. That's the one, but like I said, I've worked with everyone in some capacity where they are just coming to record their own vocal, or you know, someone's brought them in to do this, that yeah, the other producers done this. It's the list is endless, man. If you look at my drive, and you see all these folders, you'll be like, huh? <laughs> like, yeah. What with the, all the people you, you yeah, work yeah. with. Yeah, just like in some some way, shape, or form, in it, it's, it's crazy, man. It's been good. Well, the sub
2: theme of this podcast is just about me and Jazzy, anyway. So it's just <laughs> yeah, this is the this is this might as well just be dedicated to him. This whole fan page.
3: But when I, when I got to it with Bubba One, that was a highlight for me because I remember being at school and listening to his songs. <laughs> and then we were, he had his concert here, and we were sitting in his hotel room the day after and he's like, "Do this, do that," and I'm.
2: The what first, to you? Did, did you like-
3: he, well, he's, he, I'd mix a master to one of his albums and then i tweaked it a little bit and then the first mix that I did to one of the songs I, s- I said to him I got he's finished it? And I was tacking myself <laughs> I was like because he's, he's a big artist it. You know, you want to do a good job it." And he heard it and just looked at me and went do the rest of it now because I like that do the rest of it his Eric songs bang them out for me <laughs> what's say? No problem. And he's, no problem. he's hard to—he's a hard person to say no to, I guess. But he's—he—he a he's, he's, he was good, mate. I didn't realize how big he was until I actually worked with him because then once I put that mix a master, The amount of messages I was getting, and then you get the like you said, the you know the, the jealousy come as well. Oh, well, how's he got the? How's he doing that? Mm. It really bothered me. Just crack on in it. <laughs> so, so when you look at when you look at the
2: industry now, then, uh, so we've like, you've got like the artists that you want to work with yeah. they're still the same artists that have been around for how long do you know what i mean yeah. but like is there anyone of kind of the, the, the of the new gen if you class the new gen of being there
3: uh, i like garen Gun Oja i think he's got a good vocal Nimakera, i like her vocals as well yeah they're, these they're, they're two a good Ami rick i like the kind of stuff as well there's, there's so many artists now but it's hard to keep track of <laughs> who's coming out but it, like you said it's about consistency as it is So much content out there now, it's like hard to keep a track of everyone in it. So, who do you listen to? Like, go on, sorry, what are you gonna say? For me, it's just like I would like to work with someone, but make the music that I think I can do good with their vocals that makes sense. Not, I ain't gonna make drill music or gangster music, you know. It's you know, I do the schoolroom every day, I drive a van, yeah, it's not gonna fit my my image, you know what I mean? It's not, it doesn't fit, if you got what I mean, in it. It's for whatever I do now, it's got to do what. I enjoy making, but I can still work with everyone as well. I
2: think the gangster genre is gone, especially after Sindhu's passing. I think it's, I think it's dwindling away now.
3: Yes, but A.P. Dillon, he's taken to another level as well. You know, he's really, a lover man. Really, but it's, it's good though. Even Sidhu, you know, before he passed away, I wasn't the biggest fan of his music, but what he'd done and how he just explosion got to you know mainstream Bollywood. And then being a sadar as well is amazing, amazing, amazing. So it can only be good. Go go and look at the reach that these guys have got now, it's brilliant. Do you think that you
2: kind of work with these guys in the wrong era? Like, do you are you happy? Like, <laughs> would you like to come out now, or would you like to have just stuck? Uh, where you were? I'm all right where I was, man.
3: <laughs> Absolute 993, start from there. Oh, think, <laughs> that's
2: it, that's the one, that's the one. So when you, um, when you kind of look back then, what, what would you class as some of your, your, when your personal kind of highlights that you think that?
3: Oh, yeah. You know, it, it was just generally having the studio day to day. When when there was no tension, we we're making good music, people were coming in and out. It was like, you know, you get to live your dream, basically, you know, and get paid for it. What more do you want in it? And everything was good. That was the best time having the studio, I'd say that. From about, from an After all came out to, I'd say about, 2015 but that that period there was really good it was really good
2: because it did die off though the Bhangra, the uk yeah. was struggling at that bit did you feel guilty that you were leaving it in, in and in, not saying that you owned it but that when it probably needed you at the uh, most to kind of keep some of the stuff coming out that you took again the break? my heart was
3: in it so it was, it was sounded rubbish Rather then <laughs> that makes sense in it just i wasn't really bothered anymore just Real I all told, I just wanted, didn't want to look at the keyboard, packed everything away, just didn't want to know. Don't want mind away. And I sort of come back again now. And I, but even for me, I've got to learn again now, learn how to use, you know, how modern songs are sounding. Because I still get people who send me stuff to mix and master, uh, you know, which I'll do here and there. So it's good for me just to learn as well. You can never stop learning. If you want these people to think I know you, it then it's not point. You've got to adapt and evolve as well. So being
2: a parent then, does that make you kind of think, about music in a different way now or like Uh, in terms of like kind of reintroducing that lifestyle back is there a bit
3: of caution that you don't fall down that road again uh not really because all my songs were just happy party songs anyway there's not really i never used to do stuff like violence and
2: i'm more about the kind of the 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 labor of love you know the amount of dedication that you have to do because
3: you know you know how many hours that you've had to put in. But again, it's different now. You don't need to, the tools are there. I can just literally do everything on my laptop now, sitting in my bedroom, you know what I mean? So it's a lot more flexible than it used to be now. And it's so much easier to release songs and stuff now than it was back then. So it's it's a lot more easier now. The weird thing is my son's E7 now. He's got no interest in this Punjabi music. I play him stuff, I show him the keyboard. He likes listening to, like, rock music and trance music. I don't know where it's come from. <laughs> it's totally random. He'll rather listen to, like, Tiesto and things like that. So he's on his own little So You carry on, mate. You carry on. Do what you want to do. When you're ready, there's a keyboard. Knock yourself out. And <laughs> it's like, But it's good, man. It's good. Yeah, it's hard to get.
2: I, I struggle with, like, um my daughter. She doesn't listen to any music, to be honest, which yeah, is yeah. weird. But my son, he just listens to like, anything I put on. <laughs> so he, he like he, yeah, he's just a fan of that, you know what I mean? And he just starts dancing. So I know he's got that kind of this rhythm in there. It, but it's it's hard to pick up the latest songs and stuff. How do you kind of stay ahead of the, the latest songs? Like no, I, I remember Nahal was saying he's got Spotify, has a radar on and then he just he just listens to music that way.
3: Yeah, you know what, it's just uh what other people send me, like get send links on WhatsApp all the time or along on Spotify and they just click on the playlists and see what's on there. Or radio here and there as well, really. But just, but again, not as much as I used to be like listening to who's got who's, who's come out of those, come out with that. But like I said, the songs come and gone at like twenty four hours. If you're lucky, songs come and gone. It, it is what it is, isn't it? Would
2: yeah. you Would you go down doing another album again? You know, with the unreleased stuff, like if uh, what you could release. Would you Would you get it out? Nah, because
3: there's nothing I can get out. I'd love to get it all out, <laughs> but it's just too much headache, and it. It brings back all the drama with certain people, and you know you got to really it's just don't need any of that headache now. So, um, the one singer who was a really good friend of mine, Robbie Dugo, he sang "Ranjana." Yeah, wow, like, I was going to say that
2: because yeah. I keep big, because my wife loves that song
3: even when it yep. first
2: came out. It yeah, was
3: yeah, that song. So, what whatever happened to him? Then come on, what well, is He 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 was from India, so he came here first, and he went back to India for a bit, but he's back in the UK now. Uh, so we actually we met up a couple of weeks ago actually so this year we're just be working with him because working with him is a friend or brother there's no there's no like a, it's not a singer a singer-producer kind of relationship it's just you know he comes around here he comes with his wife we just chill relax it's fine you know what I mean so and me and him had a good connection we had a really good like chemistry on working and stuff so I'm going to be working mainly with him this year. just because it's just family and it just Nice and chilled. So yeah. Okay. So
2: is what is that album or just single or? We'll
3: see. We'll see. I think we're just kind of going to make a few covers, make some few songs, and just put them out really, and just see what kind of right people. Cam Bamra, is he coming out with anything? I don't think so yet. I'll have to ask him after this. isn't it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think everyone gets a card here and then it, but it's hard. I mean, I'm saying I'm going to come out with something. Let's see. Ask me. Tom months oh, no. <laughs> in it. I It's. You know. It's. It's just. I had. Uh...
2: DJ Dip said he was going to release a lot of stuff. I had Shin, you know, quite second guessing himself about a lot of like doing an acoustic album. I was like, "You're like the godfather of acoustic kind of UK punker." Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. why are you asking anyone's opinion? Just do it. Uh, that that is it. So
3: like, look, if if I release song, it's going to be some punker music. It's going to be some slow jam, it. but it's going to be what I like. Yeah, but most- I, but that's what I was trying to say. It's just like I don't. I've never followed like a trend. of always yeah. So you, I've got the most TV faith you in you because like. You've always, always got called. it in your thing. Yeah. My whole thing for Amarillo is I need to make a sound. If someone listens to that song, they're going to know that's my music straight away. Like the whole sound. Yeah. So I've always had that in my song. is the rhythm, the percussion, a couple of sounds. and People have always known that up on the track. So why would I want to sound like every other young producer coming out now? To me, it don't make sense. People listen to it, they don't. That's fair enough. But it is what it is. The ironic thing is people say, oh, okay, that music's all no listens to Ponga. But when I get my Spotify, like... Uh, analytics at the end of the year my largest listening group by 18 to 24 that accounts for 70 percent of all my plays so you tell me this. it's weird there must be up and coming djs getting, I don't know, getting it, the it, wedding it,
0: sets
3: it, it, but like i said i can only do what i can do i ain't gonna try and be anybody else I'm never in it so if people listen to it listen to it not. it's fine
2: I mean, I mean you you come across and, and and i've said it before very very measured in 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 your approach and your kind of life course and what you're doing, is there any sort of kind of, I think regret Regret is a very strong word. Is there kind of some of the lessons learned and what would they be?
3: Uh, well, you know what? Throughout my career, when I've had young kids starting that doing stuff now, I've always tried to give them advice, do this, do that. They've always asked for, if anyone used to ask me for advice, I always give it a minute. Back then, one regret I had was probably paperwork wasn't really a thing and that not having stuff signed properly and whatnot hurts you later on in life <laughs> with that, it? but it just always that but you learn all these things you learn how to you can't just be a music producer now you have to be a businessman you have to have your paperwork and your royalties your copyright everything you have to have that side of it that was the only thing really that i kind of took my after ball a bit to begin with but it's a learning curve in it so i always make sure did that financially cost
2: you in the future? It did a little
3: bit, yeah, on some projects. It did. I can be honest, it did because you have a verbal contract with someone, but you're young. Then you're twenty 22 twenty two. You're just trying to get. Then you you don't really think about that stuff. and was it in favor of the singer then, rather than yourself. Labels, labels, and singers, and a few other people. It, it's it's very complicated back then. It's a lot more straightforward now. A lot a lot easier to do now. But I always say this to the young people: sign. Make sure you've got this. Make sure you've got that. Back then, there was nobody Nobody wanting to give you advice when I was like, they wanted you to fail. Nobody wanted to let you in the circle. It's different now. So if people ring me all the time asking for advice. Yeah, well, right now I can tell you, just apply it to yourself, isn't it? And it's so easy to release songs now. I don't get why some of these young guys complain it's so hard to get out there. It's easy. You can do everything from your phone. You're not going out so software or putting flyers on. your phone in that guy. They that guy. You can do everything from your phone. It's just about yourself. You've got to be consistent. And you know, have that. You got to put the graft in, and I think that's where a lot of people go wrong. Especially if they don't have that. Some a lot of people do. The good artists do, but a lot of people don't have that drive. The, you know that energy to keep at it. And nothing's always. Nothing's gonna work all the time. You're gonna. I think you know you can release a hundred songs. One might work. You know, ninety-nine might not. But you got to keep going in it.
2: Yeah, because it's interesting that you know to put out content is so easy now. It's just that it's so saturated in like getting your slave to the algorithm, really.
3: It's that as well. Everything, it's that thing where people are using the same uh, like uh, sample hubs, like Splice and things like this, which I've only come to learn about the past year or two in it. So it's going kind to of sound the same, but like I said, my whole focus when I was going was I don't need to make my sound sound like me, not like, oh, he's doing that, let's copy that. Oh, that song's done, oh, let's try and copy that. Do you know what I mean? I never used to do that, and I think that's the trap a lot of the youngsters fall into at the moment. So very talented kids, because I'm mixing my stuff for a lot of them that coming from the UK. Very talented young producers and stuff, but I think they get involved in the hype of this kind of sound like before thinking about it. Does that make sense?
2: Before yeah, yeah.
3: It, I'm just trying to copy and just get it out so we can do that. If it's work for him, it'll work for us, but it never works like that. It never works like that. Mm. So,
2: Jiti, um, this is the bandwagon, and... Um, if you're not familiar with it, this is the opportunity where I give the guests to kind of either get something off their chest, or is there a bandwagon that they want to
3: jump on or off? So this is kind of your your space to do that. You know me, man. I just want Villa to win a trophy. That's all I want—an FA Cup or get into Europe Europa League spot. That's all Wait, long, but that's well, technically, long. you kind of
2: want one with uh, Martinez as the World Cup winner.
3: Yeah, yeah, I'll
2: yeah. No, take that. It? <laughs> so, what do you? Uh, I mean, you're quite active in the, the, the in the Villa scene as well. Um, I would say, kind of as as a, a virtual supporter no, or no, <laughs> magical. No, no, I'm joking. I'm joking. That's all the only time you'll actually see me angry is when Villa
3: play. You'll see my emotions go crazy then. That's when I get violent. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, you're, you're fairly
2: calm even on a pitch to be fair, <laughs> yeah. which is yeah. annoying again. <laughs> uh, but um, yeah, I mean, um, the, the like the Punjabi villain movement. I, I think the Spurs movement. There's a few other teams that have got Wolves have got one. Like, um, the, you, know the, you got one.
3: Say again? United you know you got
2: one. I don't think so, man. I,
3: I think you're all concerned. in. You're all in West Brom. You can get together and make one, are not you? No, nah, we're not in West Brom,
2: mate. <laughs> we're, we're all like this. well, <laughs> technically, if you're Handsworth, you're you're Albion. Yeah, but no, nah, I was born in Aston. So there you go. Yeah. Well, I let I let yeah I let you off. You got, you still, yeah. Anyway, I was I was going to go down a different road then, but I thought I better leave it. Um yeah. yeah. So I mean, like there is quite a lot of movement around that, and um it is progressing forward in 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 in. Um, I think there's a FA. I think there's a referee now. A bra uh, referee. So there's there's some, some movements around there now. So you 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 know you could be. If we brought in to do, bring in some
3: anthems. Yeah, I wouldn't mind. I wouldn't mind. One day, one day. Yeah, no, nah, I mean, look, I've had a, like, like I said to you, I've got a, had a really nice career. Not done yet. I think I've got a couple of years left.
2: So. Yeah, hopefully not, man.
3: Like you just said, you've just come back. And then you can't be yeah, talking yeah. about like,
2: retiring again.
3: But it'll just be now. It'll just be like what I want to make in it, just to enjoy it. That's the main thing. Like, if I'm enjoying my music, I know I can make some good music.
2: I'm going to put you on a last question from me. I'm going to put you on a, a really difficult. Um, position here. Do you see? Do you see some of your work as being cut, like as a? Do you think you get the the credit that you should have get that you should and deservedly get? Probably not.
3: Probably not. But I've never let it bother me. It's my choice. I, I knew
2: you were going to say that.
3: <laughs> just do you know what it is. If I go to a wedding or something and I hear my songs get played and people bouncing around and jump jumping to them, I just sit there and I just laugh. <laughs> like this is mad. My... Still today, 20 years later, it still I still get like a buzz. You see everyone singing the words, they're all dancing. And I had it in my head when I was making that ball songs. If I drop it here, this will happen. And it still happens today on the dance was wicked. That that's I love that. That's enough for me. That's enough for me.
2: Do you think on that note? Thank you very much, man. And then I will hold you to account here. Yeah?
3: yeah.
2: I will be bugging you. And uh, I will get you back on when you're out when your tracks are ready to come out.
3: Yeah. 100%. And I'll, I'll get Ravi on as well he can sing
2: you. Yes, it. 100%. yes. 100%. I need to do that. All right, bro. I really appreciate you taking your yeah. time, man. Happy New Year. Wish, uh, wish you all well.
3: You too, man. Thanks a lot. Thanks.
1: You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from everything from simple tours to extreme adventures, and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with with confidence free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected and 24 7 customer support means you can travel worry free download the viator app now and use code viator 10 for 10 percent off your first booking in the app find travel experiences for you do more with viator
3: save big on brunch for mom all in the kroger app